Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me, too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Sean Andrus, the Menopause Guru, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Today, I want to bring you some basics about menopause because I get asked these questions all the time, and I really think that it's important for you as a woman to understand at least the basics of what's happening as you go through menopause. Now, If you've been through menopause, this is a lot of what has happened to you, but I'm also going to be talking a little bit about postmenopause today and how that affects you differently than perimenopause. So just a little bit, this is the first time I've been doing a solo episode, and this is the first time I've gotten a chance to just introduce myself to you. I started back in the about 15 years ago as a personal trainer, and I was working with clients who were in their midlife years. Now, what I had, what I found was that they were experiencing many of the same challenges that I experienced as I went through my early perimenopause years. Now, I was even at that time, I was still going through menopause. I had not yet reached a year without a period, but I started to study and I started to understand what was going on. And as I dug deeper and deeper, I realized how many of the issues that women happen to women, affect women, uh, create problems in women's lives during this midlife period can be attributed to the changes that we go through that are called menopause or as I call it, your menopause journey. So today I'm going to answer some of the more common questions I get, and I'm going to give you a a chance to get a free resource at the end of this that will help you to understand what's happening much, much better. When I answer these questions, there's going to be a lot of, there's a lot of wiggle room in this because we are so different. We've come into perimenopause with so many differences in our bodies, in our minds, and what's going on with us, in our genetics, where we live, how we eat, how we exercise. It all all makes a difference into how we go through menopause. So you'll hear me qualify a lot of stuff, and you'll hear me say it's unique, and you'll hear me say that you, your path through menopause And especially if you want to do it without being a slave to all the symptoms is also going to be unique. So the most, the basic question is, what is menopause? And the simplest answer to this is it's the moment in time when a woman can expect to never have a period again. 
It's generally thought of as the first anniversary of your last period. So you can only tell that you're through menopause unless you've had surgical menopause or chemical menopause. You can only tell that you've been, been through menopause in retrospect by looking at, oh, I haven't had a, a period for 12 months as of this day. That's your day of menopause. Now, what causes it to happen and why do our periods stop? Women, men, men make sperm all their lives and that's their contribution to the reproductive process. Women contribute the ova or the egg, um, ovum, singular, ova, plural. And we're born with all the eggs we're ever going to have. And from the time we're born, that's about a half a million, but from the time we're born, we start losing them through attrition. And nobody's really sure what's going on, why they just disappear. But every month, even, even before puberty, we're losing eggs. We're losing ova. Some are non-viable. Some are damaged by circumstance. Some start to mature and don't mature. But as of puberty, we lose somewhere between 500 and 1,000 eggs a month. And some of those are developing at the same time the one that actually ovulates is, and they just disappear. So at some point, we get to the point where the ova that we have left are not particularly viable. Most of them are not capable of actually developing into a full-blown human. So when one of those wins the monthly race to maturity, or no egg wins at all, we it's what's known as an anovulatory cycle because it doesn't actually ovulate. And the ovulation is what creates the progesterone and and the latter half of the estrogen cycle that gives us hormones that number one support pregnancy, but also do so much in our bodies. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So anovulatory cycles don't produce all the hormones that ovulatory cycles do. They often produce some estrogen, almost no progesterone, and no, no estrogen in the latter half of the cycle. And those are the hormones that we need to build up the uterine lining. So after one or a bunch of these anovulatory cycles, we don't have enough estrogen to support the buildup of the uterine lining. And so we don't have a period. Now, Depending on what happens, we could ovulate that month and you have a period the next month because there is enough estrogen. Or you could go two or three months and then ovulate again. It's a very random kind of thing that's happening at this point. And you honestly don't have any control over what exactly your ovulation cycle is having. So, when does it start and how long does it last? This whole period from the time these anovulatory cycles start until you have that last period or then actually that next year is called perimenopause, meaning near menopause. And that comes from the old understanding that menopause was just, uh, perimenopause was just that year in which you didn't have periods. But now we know that it starts way before that 
and you may be having the symptoms you may be having may not be the common symptoms generally associated with perimenopause and menopause. You may have a few, you may have a lot. You may recognize them as perimenopause or not. You might think you're going through some other physical challenge uh, and some of them can be quite challenging, but you might, you probably won't recognize it as perimenopause during those first few years. As you go through perimenopause, you're more likely to experience big symptoms and to a greater degree. How long does that take? Here's the bad news. That can take 10 to 15 years to go through that perimenopause. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be miserable for the entire 10 to 15 years. Most people are getting some symptoms, but not a lot. Um, and you go, it may go through periods of high symptomology and periods where it's just not, not that big a deal. So what happens on the other side? After that year, everything's over, right? Well, you're done, right? Nope. Now we're talking about postmenopause. So postmenopause starts the day after that first anniversary of your last period. And in general, one more. It goes till the end of your life. There is no no post-postmenopause. There's nothing that comes after that in terms of a defined stage of your reproductive life. After menopause, you're simply postmenopausal. And in general, your body continues to adjust to the new levels of hormones because you're not producing hormones with your cycle because you don't have one for three to four years after your last period. So your levels of hormones drop. They're dropped to about 10% of what they were premenopausally before perimenopause started. And adjusting to that takes three to four years, about. Some people um, calm down right away. Some people don't even notice it. I hate to say it. There are those people who, for whom this is just a non-event the whole way through. But for most women, some, somewhere around two to three years after that, uh, that menopausal anniversary, anniversary of their last period, they notice that the symptoms aren't as severe and their body seems to have, have adjusted. Some women experience symptoms particularly hot flashes, but for some, the effects of aging and all feel more intense than for other women. So for some women, there are symptoms that last quite a bit longer. So what are these symptoms that we're talking about? Just hot flashes and mood swings and wonky periods, right? That's not so bad. Well, unfortunately, there are way, way, way more symptoms than that. There's a lot going around that there are, quote, 34 symptoms. That's way undercounting as well. And we'll talk about why. But for me, the, the list, and you have access to that list in your show notes, is that is over 100 symptoms, over 100 ways that menopause affects our bodies. I'm pretty sure it's not complete. I'm pretty sure that as we go, we discover more things that happen to us in, in this later part of our lives that are associated with the hormonal imbalances that, that accompany menopause. So why all these symptoms? 
And the biggest reason that we have the symptoms is those levels of estrogen and progesterone. They begin to change as a result of the anovulatory cycle, and they don't always just change straight to low. They can fluctuate up and down month by month, even week by week, not minute by minute. That's sort of a myth that just doesn't seem to be supported by the facts. Here's the thing. Estrogen and progesterone have wide-ranging effects throughout your body. So biology is lazy, and they already knew that women had, biology knew that we have more estrogen and progesterone than men, and men have more testosterone. So what happened was we evolved to use those hormones as signaling devices for a whole bunch of other things that happen in our in our reproductive cycle. And so with this change this that we're going um, we're going through and the estrogen and progesterone deplete, those processes, those way that the ways that all our cells are affected are not as affected, not affected as well. Things are not working as well because we don't have one of the pieces that makes them work well. Estrogen. Estrogen in particular, progesterone to a secondary extent. But there's also something else going on. So our body has lots and lots of hormones. It's over 50. And those hormones are used to carry out and message a lot of processes. They they have a lot of functions. So some of the ones that we know about are ghrelin and leptin that have to do with how hungry we are and how not hungry we are. Insulin, which talks about how blood sugar works, and serotonin and dopamine, which are neurotransmitters, but are also hormones. They're, that's how they're made. And they affect how we, we pass messages back and forth in our brain. Many of these hormones are affected. They, have, they work together, work better in the presence of estrogen, usually estrogen, sometimes progesterone. But there are at least eight that are big huge hormonal imbalances that we get into at this time, where one of our hormones is working. We either have too much or too little. And the way that estrogen works with that helps create that environment. So we not only have the just plain changes of of menopause and then the things that happen because of our changing levels of estrogen and progesterone, but then also then these hormonal interactions and the hormones not working, these other hormones not working correctly. All of that goes together to create the potential for, number one, a lot of symptoms, but also a lot of symptoms that, here, you got this set of symptoms. Oh, they went away. Now let's get this set of symptoms. Oh, they go went away. Now we have this set of, set of symptoms. And they can just keep jumping serially like that. And that mean, that comes to the real next point. What do you want to do about it? If postmenopause lasts four or five years, three or four years, and perimenopause lasts 15 years, that's almost two decades. Two decades is a long, long time to feel, feel lousy. Agreed? Bet you do. And so I talk about some of the things that we can do. First, though, I want to cover one point. For many, many years, menopause has been looked on as some sort of defect or disease. And it's not that. It's a natural process that happens to any woman who hits beyond a certain age. 
And that age is determined by her, by her body uh, in general. It's not something that's not a natural process. This is, this is how we are designed to work. And so the, some of the older ideas about how to fix menopause come from this idea that it's a disease or a defect. And there was a second, second piece of that. We'll talk about that in just a second. And that is that it's all in your head. So what we're really trying to do is minimize the effects of these symptoms so we can feel better and get back to the business of living our lives. And it's, it is possible to not just to dump the symptoms, but to get to a, get ourselves to a level of health and wellness that we may not have seen for many years, if ever. And I want to talk about that. But first, I want to talk about some of the things you might have heard fixing menopause from your doctor. So there are several paths you can take. One is hormone replacement. And hormone replacement can go farther than just estrogen and progesterone. Uh, it can also include testosterone and thyroid hormone supplements and dealing with insulin and dealing with some of the other hormones that are in our body. But in general, when we talk about menopause, we're talking about progesterone and estrogen. And the problems with estrogen and progesterone as a replace hormone replacement is that we don't do a really good job of figuring out exactly what women need, whether it needs to be cyclic, whether it needs to include both of those. There's a lot of factors involved if estrogen, if hormone replacement is your idea of a, a great way to go. The second way of dealing with some of these symptoms is the pharmaceutical route. The pharmaceutical route generally looks at one symptom at a time. So it's giving you something to deal with one or a related cluster of symptoms. So it's like treating any disease. It's giving you a fix for the symptoms. It's not changing the underlying hormonal balance. Uh, it's not necessarily broad spectrum so that it's taking care of a number of symptoms. It's usually one symptom at a time. And then I'm just going to mention herbal and alternative medicines. So supplements and alternative therapies like Reiki and massage, like herbals, herbal, either supplements or teas that add to your well health wellness and i would like to say that most of these do have their place and often they they are very helpful in getting your hormonal balance back to normal i want to talk just a second about a couple of outdated treatments and they're based on those discredited ideas about what menopause is so if we thought think of menopause as a disease and the uterus being the problem there was a tremendous tendency in the middle of the last century, in the 1940s and 50s and 60s, to just yank everything out. Ovaries, fallopian tubes, cervix, and, and, his, and uh, uterus in a complete hysterectomy and double oomphorectomy. And the problem with this is that it, drives, it drops you into full menopause in an instant. And it's really not an effective treatment for menopause. It just gets you there faster. And they either then give you hormones, hormone replacement or not. So 
my, I, there are many women who need a hysterectomy for various reasons. And if that's you, that's great. I mean, well, not great, but it's, it's what you need. But it's not an effective treatment for menopause, even if you are bleeding too much. Um, there are other treatments that are out there. And if you're interested in what those are, please send me an email, get in touch. We'll talk about it. The other, the other piece of treatment that was kind of crazy, um, it was they thought you were crazy. They thought you thought this was all in your head and they sent you to a shrink. Now the shrink may have prescribed antidepressants, which may have helped some of the symptoms, but talk therapy is not going to fix menopause. It may fix some of the things that are going on in your head. And I never would denigrate the idea that therapy can be an incredibly powerful tool for you as you move through your life, but it's not going to fix menopause. And finally, there's the approach I take, which is holistic in nature. And what it does is it supports your body. It supports all parts of your body, the emotional, the mental, the physical, it supports the hormone systems and it's designed based on what your hormone systems are telling you. So it's very holistic. It's very supportive and there's nothing in it that's going to do anything negative to your body. So we're, we're doing things that make us well, give our bodies that support it needs and move us through menopause in a more balanced way, promote hormone balance to make sure that our bodies have the precursors that they need in order to create all the hormones that we need. We deal with stress and sleep because without the right amount of sleep, sleep is, is a really cyclic thing, is a really spirally thing. It, it, uh, Bad sleep causes more hormone imbalances, causes more bad sleep, causes more hormone imbalances. So the way to deal with it is to sleep better and bring down those hormone imbalances, bring them back more in balance. And finally, exercise. And exercise needs to be selected to support the particular hormone balance that you're after. So what's out of balance, bring it back in balance. And this is particularly true when somebody is a very avid exerciser. They we have to find ways for them to exercise that's not going to create more imbalances. Now, I said I was going to give you a gift. And I want to give you a very uh, simple gift. A lot of this stuff that we're talking about here in this in this episode is on into in greater detail in my book, I Just Want to Be Me Again. And it's three chapters of that, chapters two, three, and four. And if you go to the free me again link at menopausematterspodcast.com, free me book, and then you'll be able to down, uh, download those chapters for free and read them and get a greater understanding of what's exactly going on in your body. And this is the first episode I am doing this. I'm doing this with all my guests and with me. Three things that are making me smile today because gratitude and being aware of what's 
good in your life is just so important. So three things that are making me smile. I am doing this podcast from Vermont where my son and his wife and my two grandchildren live. So that's four things making me smile today. And that's being spending time before the holidays with my son and my grandson, my grandson, my granddaughter, and my daughter-in-law. Another thing making me smile, I ran a 2K, uh, two-mile race last night. It was my grandson's first ever running race, and it made me so proud to be able to go out and run that with him. And finally, the third thing that makes me smile is being able to share all of this knowledge that I have gained about menopause with people just like you who need to know what their bodies are doing to them. Grab your copy of the first three chapters of the book, and we'll be back next week to talk about what the gift of menopause is, because Christmas comes with gifts, and so does menopause. Until then, I'm John Andrus, the Menopause Guru. Thanks for being with me. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you.